Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or The Notorious Fantasy and in today's video, we're going to be going over my week 15 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. Going in depth through every single matchup from Thursday night through all the Saturday, Sunday, and the Monday game. Telling you guys whether I like or dislike the quarterbacks in all those games. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, that you please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below. While you're down there, whether you are new to the channel or not, make sure you leave a like on today's video as well. It would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on Twitter or X. Please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. So without further ado, let's get into my week 15 quarterback start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with Thursday night football and what might possibly be the worst quarterback matchup of the season, and it is definitely the worst quarterback matchup of the week. Thursday night football, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, Easton Stick as well as Aiden O'Connell are obviously going to be sits in this matchup. Easton Stick filled in for Justin Herbert last week against the Denver Broncos, going 13 of 24 for 179 yards, and even if Easton Stick magically pulls a rabbit out of a hat right and plays somewhat decently. I just don't see him getting even remotely close to being a top 20 quarterback. We've seen the Raiders defense at points this season percolate and play pretty decent. So while again, the Chargers offense, they've got Eckler, they've got Keenan Allen, and it wouldn't shock me if Eckler and Allen have fine days. But at the end of the day, I don't think Easton Stick is going to come close to the top 18, the top 20. So he is definitely a sit for me. Aiden O'Connell has only had one game inside of the top 20 this season and has a grand total of zero games with over 15 points. Now, even up against a Chargers defense that I would deem as a steaming pile of dog shit, I still don't think that Aiden O'Connell will be a top 24 quarterback. He is a clear sit for me. And there's also a report, you know, the little birdies are chirping that Aiden O'Connell might not even be the starting quarterback this week. They might go to Jimmy Garoppolo or Brian Hoyer. Either way, we're setting the starting quarterback of the Raiders. Now we move to the beginning of the Saturday slate. Three games on Saturday. First up, we got the cold like Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, Jake Browning turned into Patrick Mahomes over the last two weeks with back-to-back -to -back top four performances. Last week up against the Colts, he went 18 of 24 for 275 passing yards with three rushes for seven yards, three total touchdowns, and one INT. Now, I'm not going to sit here and give Jake Browning the Gawk Gawk 9,000 special and tell you guys that I think he's going to finish as a top five, top 10 quarterback even this week because the Minnesota Vikings defense is a tough puzzle to solve. I still think at the end of the day, he will finish as a top 18 quarterback, but right now I am not as excited about him as I would be if he was going up against like the Colts defense, for example. I'd be a lot more excited because he just balled up against the Colts last week, so he should finish as a top 18 guy. Should be somewhere from the quarterback 16 to 18 range, but we all have to acknowledge Roman Reigns style, his upside that he possesses. Nick Mullins. Now, 9-inch Nick Mullins in 17 starts has passed for 4,552 passing yards and 24 passing touchdowns. To me, it feels like Nick Mullins is a little bit underrated. And though, while I say that, even with the report that Justin Jefferson is suiting up, I wouldn't get cute and play Nick Mullins, right? This is 
For most people, the fantasy playoffs, if it's not the fantasy playoffs for you, this is the week before the fantasy playoffs. Don't get cute, right? There are so many other good quarterbacks to stream, and the Cincinnati defense at points this season has been sneaky good enough to where Nick Mullins should be on your bench. Next up, we move to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, 4.30 p.m. EST on Saturday. Now, Gardner Minshew has been solid over the last three weeks as the quarterback 12 13 and 19. Last week up against the Bengals, he went 26 to 39 for 240 passing yards, one touchdown, one INT. He was the quarterback 19 that week. I get that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense just got whoosh, spit roasted by Bailey Zappi and the Patriots, but this feels like a back down to earth game for Gardner Minshew, where he's just barely outside of the top 18. Kissing Teddy's Mitchell Trubisky reeks to high heaven, and I get, Nick, if you actually look at the stats, he had a decent game against the Patriots. Yes, I get it. But not every single time someone has a decent game on the stat sheet, you need to give them all the credit in the world, because he just did not look good. He did not pass the eye test at all. He made multiple throws that would make you come to the conclusion that he didn't go to college at UNC. He went to the school of blind and deaf. This guy is absolutely atrocious. Do not in any means get cute, get a little, you know, read the stats, get all, oh, get a little flustered, right? Don't get flustered by Mitch Trubisky. Sit him. Next up, we move to the final game on Saturday, the Denver Broncos at the Detroit Lions. Now, Mr. Unlimited, ever since coming out the bye week, has been cooking up a five-star Michelin meal. Last season, he was cooking up fucking Kraft Mac and Cheese, and it's like one of those cups where it's like a Kraft Mac and Cheese cup. You're supposed to put the water in it, and instead of putting the water in it, he just put it directly into the microwave, and it set the shit on fire. That's what he did last season. His restaurant went ablaze. Artie Bucco style. So seven straight games as a top 18 quarterback. Last week up against the Chargers, I definitely feel as though he could have played a little bit better based upon the matchup. Again, the Chargers defense is pretty bad, but hey, he was still a top 18 guy now facing up against a Lions defense that is right for the taking. I really do expect Russell Wilson to put up a big show like the wrestler and finish as a top 12 quarterback. Now, Jared Goff rode the struggle bus. He was on the Struggle Express last week up against the Bears in Chicago as the quarterback 25, scoring less than 10 fantasy points. He threw for just 161 yards and a tug with two INTs. The Lions are up against the ropes right now, right? And I don't think they're going to hit him with a nice rope-a-dope, right? I think that the Lions... Might get fucking knocked out of the ring here if they're not careful up against the Denver Broncos, especially with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Like, it's not like they're out of things in that division. And the Lions have lost two out of their last three games. And that game up against the Saints, they almost blew it big time against the Broncos defense. I expect Goff to struggle again. Now, I don't expect the struggle to be as bad as last week as the quarterback 25. I think he should finish in the quarterback 14 to 16 range. But I'm definitely far from excited 
to start them. Next up, we move to the Chicago Bears at the Cleveland Browns, the beginning of the 1 o'clock slate on Sunday, Eastern Standard Time. Now, we'll start with Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields looks like the Justin Fields that we came accustomed to last season, last week, up against the Lions. Sure, he still isn't that elite passer or even a great passer like he was in college, but the rushing upside is there, and with DJ Moore and Justin Fields having that fucking telepathic connection, Fields has quickly become a top- and start in my book. I get that the Browns defense is scary, but we have all seen games where the Browns defense has struggled and no defense is perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? So here up against the Browns, I expect Mr. Fields to be a top eight quarterback, Joe Flacco. Now, when it comes to the Bears defense and breaking them down, they're actually pretty solid against the run as of recently, but they're still pretty Eh, against the run, or up against the pass, I should say, right there. Good against the run. No bueno against the pass. Cool Joe Flacco has been a top 13 quarterback in back-to-back weeks and dissected the Jacksonville Jaguars defense last week like they were a frog in sophomore science class, right? 311 passing yards, three tugs, one INT. The best thing about Joe Flacco is the fact is the Browns have two great running backs, right? They got Jerome Ford F-150, they got Kareem Hunt, but they still let Flacco throw the ball like 45 times every single week. He is a fringe start because I feel like we all know how this goes with Flacco, right? He's really looking good and and then after a couple of games, right, the arm will start to give out. He'll hop back on the struggle bus like he was last year with the Jumbo Jets. But this week against the Bears, I think he'll be fine. But again, I will acknowledge that the potential fall off is in the back of my mind. Next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Jordan, love me, Tenda. Love me, sweet. On paper, had an absolutely disgraceful game up against the Giants on Monday Night Football in MetLife, right? The Packers lose to Tommy DeVito, the Italian stallion, and the Giants in a game where everyone expected the Packers to absolutely buttfuck the Giants. But, and this is a big but, shout out Kim Kardashian, if you actually watch the game, you would realize that Love looked good. Now, the stats didn't go his way. I get that the quarterback 22 might have been the reason why you lost last week, right? In a matchup, again, that every single person across the United States of a fucking America would have thought that Jordan Love would have a good game. But, again... Love made multiple great throws that just weren't caught. He even did the Mahomes thing in the Super Bowl where he dove and threw the ball and it looked like a touchdown and the guy dropped it, right? So again, I'm not sitting here glazing Jordan Love. I'm not dick riding Jordan Love, but I will say, and again, I'm not trying to tell you, oh my God, he's the next Mahomes or something, but I'll tell you that ever since the bye week, he's been a reliable top 12 quarterback, and I think he gets back on the saddle like Jamie Foxx this week in Django Unchained. For Baker Mayfield, he's a fringe start for me. We just saw Tommy DeVito dice up the Packers defense, Fruit Ninja style, so that does give me a little bit more confidence. It does put another nice feather in the cap of Baker this week. But again, it's still Baker Mayfield that'll probably end up finishing somewhere from quarterback 16 to 20. Last week, he played up against Atlanta. He went 14 to 29 for 144 yards, but he made up for the lack of yards, the lack of completions with three touchdowns and zero INTs. Again, I'm not going to sit here and just say that I'm super excited about Baker because I'm not. He's a fringe start. But again, some teams, 
They don't have a lot of options at quarterback. Next up, we got the Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans. If you guys have enjoyed today's video thus far, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. It would help me out a ton. So CJ Stroud was not at practice today on Wednesday. Obviously by Sunday, he could make it out of the concussion protocol. But as of right now, it's pretty safe to assume that Davis Money Mills will be under center. We have seen Mills play good in the past, but even up against the Titans defense, I think it would be kind of insane to start old Jeffrey the Giraffe Neck Davis Mills, so he's just got to be a sit for me. Will Levis ripped my heart out on Monday night as this man turned into the great value Walmart version of Josh Allen. He went 23 of 38 for 327 yards and one touchdown with an INT. That interception was hilarious. He threw it directly to Zach Zeeler, but outside of that, he had a pretty solid game. And then once the Dolphins defense, right? This is my biggest nitpick in the NFL. They went into prevent defense. This is a game where we should have put a fucking bow on the game. This is a game where the Dolphins played like absolute dog shit and should have won by 14. But instead, Vic Fangio goes into prevent defense. And the only thing prevent defense does is prevent you from winning. And Will Levis took advantage of all of the holes in the defense and made a huge comeback. Props to him. And I still do think Levis is a decent quarterback, but let's be honest here, right? Let's take a look at his stats. Two of seven starts, he had more than one touchdown. Three of seven starts, he had zero touchdowns. I think the Texans defense is good enough to make him finish outside the top 20. I like Will Levis, the Mayo man himself, but I would not be starting him. Next up, we got the New York Jumbo Jets at the Miami Dolphins. Now, this is a game that on paper, in my head, I had this penciled in as a big fat W for the Dolphins. But not only as a Dolphins fan do I need a win, I need the Miami Dolphins to beat the dog shit out of the Jets. I need Tua Tungavailoa to go out there and slap his cock across the face of Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed, and Robert Sala. I need Tua Tungavailoa to send the Jets defense into a metaphorical coma. I need the Dolphins offense to step up here and slap them around. Now, is that going to be the case? Probably not, right? Tua did not play great against the Titans. Now, as a Dolphins fan, right, I can make excuses. I could say, hey, the offensive line fucking blew up like they were in an FPS Russia video, right? The whole O-line got hurt. It was no bueno. The defense was dealing with a lot of injuries as well. But again, I am not an excuse guy. I expected Tua to do more, and he should have done more. Regardless on if Tyreek plays or not, obviously, if Tyreek plays, I'd feel more confident in Tua. But still, he's a fringe start this week. The Jets' defense is still great. Shout out. Tony the Tiger, so start Tua if you can, or if you need to, I guess. Not if you can, if you need to, but I am definitely nervous. Zach Wilson, the MILF hunter, came out with vengeance, like he was Batman going 27 to 36 for 301 yards and two tugs. I know the Dolphins' defense collapsed late, uh, late in that game against the Titans, but I expect Wilson to be held in check, especially if the Dolphins get Holland back this week. I would stay away. From Zach Wilson. Next up, we move to the Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Now, I'm going to talk about the Chiefs a little bit. And Patrick Mahomes has been down bad, down astronomical in back-to-back -back weeks. The man was crying after the game, giving Josh Allen a hug. Oh, oh man, I wish I could sound like Kermit the Frog, right? Oh, man, the refs really fucked us, didn't they, Josh? Right? 
all this complaining after Kadarius Tony was definitely offsides. It wasn't like a tic-tac call. He was offsides. And the NFL this year has made a effort to call more offensive offsides. If you want to be mad at the refs, try being a Dolphins fan. Right? Again, I'm not mad at the refs anymore. I don't give a fuck. I don't blame the refs. The Dolphins should have beaten the Titans. But let's be honest with you. Have you ever seen a delay of game called on the defense? The answer is no. The answer is no. Now, again, I'm not going to complain about the refs. I know Nick, you just did. Look, the Dolphins lost because the Dolphins got fucked. They suck, right? They fucked the game up. They can only blame themselves. I'm not blaming the refs. But Mahomes crying about the refs makes him look like an idiot. I get that he has two rings. And most NFL fans would fucking suck this guy's cock, schlob on his knob like corn on the cob for him to be the starting quarterback of their team. But holy fuck, complaining about a call that should have been made, right? This wasn't some ticky-tack bullshit. It had to be made is hilarious. It is hilarious because this man won a Super Bowl last year because of a tick-tack call. Don't get me wrong. He's still the best quarterback in the NFL and his wide receivers are absolute dog shit. But jeez. I just was shocked to see him do that. Again, I don't want people to think I'm some type of Mahomes hater. I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. But I just don't think you can blame the refs when the refs are blowing this guy, Mia Malkova style, every single week. Right? The Jets should have beat the Patriots. Not the Patriots. The Jets should have beat the Chiefs. But the refs played a factor in that. The Eagles could have easily won the Super Bowl, but the refs helped Mahomes. So again, I'm not some NFL rigged guy, right? I'm not, but it is super frustrating to see a guy complain like this when the refs love him. Against the Patriots, I expect him to break out that funk and I will have him ranked as a top eight quarterback, but I'd be lying straight to your face if I told you that I was fully confident that he would finish that highly. Bailey Zappi, the Zappinator, went crazy last week. Bro transformed into fucking Tampa Bay Tom Brady. All right, not really. He turned into Tom Brady from the Patriots, going 19 of 28 for 240 yards and three touchdowns with an interception. I love Bailey Zappi, but up against the Chiefs defense that I get maybe in a bit of a slump right now, I think they could break out of it. This could be the slump buster game. I definitely would be sitting down Bailey Zappi. Interesting to note, it appears that Bill Belichick is 100% getting fired after this season based upon all the reports I've read. Next up, we got the New York football giants at the New Orleans Saints in the Dome, the Superdome, I believe it's called. But before we break down the Saints versus the Giants at the quarterback position, as well as the rest of the games up until Monday Night Football, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the whole entire universe for the NFL, and they have a great offer for you guys today that we'll be talking about in just a couple of seconds, right after I explain how the NFL Pick'em game works. So we're we'll talking about one of the Saturday games here, the Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts, and we have to pick a minimum of two players from at least two different teams. So they have a bunch of games up right now as we get later on into the week. There are going to be more players to choose from. So we're going to go with, in this game, Steelers at Colts lower than 195 and a half passing yards for Trubisky. And we are going to go with higher than 79 and a half receiving yards for Michael Pittman. If both of these hit, we will receive three times our entry fee. So if you do $5, you'll get out $15. If you do three picks, then it would be six times your entry fee. 
four picks is 10 times and five picks is 20 times, assuming all the picks hit. If you live in one of these states on your screen right now and use promo code NotoriousFantasy or Notorious or click on the link in the video description, if you are a new user, you will get a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit 100, they give an additional 100, 50 additional 50, 25 additional 25. The minimum deposit on underdog is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things here, Tommy DeVito versus Derek Carr. The Bassin Bison looked solid last week, going 17 to 21 for 158 yards and 10 rushes for 71 yards and a tug in that matchup against the Packers. That again, we talked about with the Packers. No one thought the Giants were winning that game. He ran away from the Packers in that game like Italians run away from paying taxes. I can say that because I'm an Italian myself. Again, a decent enough Saints defense here. I just expect DeVito to fall outside the top 20. Now I'm going to root for him to be the quarterback one, but I just don't think that'll be the case. Derek Carr actually pisses me off. I don't know what it is, but he just plays so boring. He's so fucking boring to watch. Last week, he threw the ball 26 times for 119 yards and two touchdowns with an interception as the quarterback 21. I wish this team would just pivot to Jameis Winston. They're not going to. The Giants' defense may also be a little sneaky good. Sit car. Next up, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Another game I just want to breeze right by. The AFC, or the NFC North, sorry, I called them the AFC North. The NFC South, I called them the AFC South yesterday and I corrected myself. I just fucking did it again. I'm a stooge. The NFC South is the most boring division in football. Desmond Ritter was the quarterback too last week up against the Bucs going 26 of 40 for 347 yards and two touchdowns with an interception. A round of applause for Desmond Ritter, right? Great to see him play well. But even up against a laughably bad Panthers defense this week, we all know what is going to happen. Ritter will go from looking great, right? To looking like Ryan fucking Leaf. So stay away. Bryce Young. Now, when it comes to Bryce Young, he's also a sit, just like Ritter. There's something frustrating to watch about Bryce Young. It's because we all know deep down that there's a great quarterback in there, right? But it just isn't going his way. He hasn't scored over 10 fantasy points since week nine. I say this every week. I still think that Bryce Young is a franchise quarterback, and I don't think that we should just throw the book at him, say that he sucks donkey cock after one season. But we're right now, it's week 15 of the 2023 season. We're not just magically going to start him. Next up, we move to the Washington Commanders at the LA Rams, a game that could be pretty high scoring. Start of the four o'clock slate here. Sam Howell, while I do have my doubts about Sam Howell due to my belief that the Commanders offense is on a bit of a downward spiral, downward slide here. And because I think the Rams defense is underrated, with that said... With all that said, with all of my worries, my woes, this bastard has been a top 10 quarterback in six straight weeks. So we just have to rock with him as a top six or a top 10 guy. Again, we just gotta. Until he fails me, until he bends me over the table, I'm just gonna have to believe that he's gonna go out there and ball. Plus, they will 100% be down in this game late and have to heave the rock deep into the game. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford of the Rams is also going to be a start now. Matthew Stafford has been balling just like he did when he got to the Rams and won the Super Bowl. Three straight games inside the top eight last week up against the Baltimore Ravens and Ronnie. He went 23 of 41 for 294 yards and three touchdowns against a commander's defense that is almost so bad that it's kind of like sad to watch. Stafford should 
be a lock to be a top eight quarterback this week. Next up, we move to game number 13, the 49ers at the Cardinals. Big Cock Brock has been carving up defenses over the last two weeks. Back-to-back top six performances this week against the Cardinals defense. That could not stop a nosebleed. I fully expect Brock to be a top six quarterback yet again. Brock Purdy is also, surprisingly, the quarterback five on the season, which... Surprised me because he was really struggling for a point in the season, right? When he got hurt, like from week six to eight, he was struggling, but still a top five quarterback on the season. I definitely like him against the Cardinals. Now, ever since returning from injury for Kyler Murray, he has been a top 18 quarterback every single week. Now, this is going to be his toughest test of the season, right? This is no cupcake matchup. This is no wet dream matchup here up against the 49ers is that defense is spooky the 49ers defense being so good puts Kyler into a fringe start range but I still think Kyler finishes inside the top 18 due to his rushing upside but this could easily be his worst game of the season next up we got the Buffalo Bills up against the Dallas Cowboys in Buffalo Dak Prescott to me right now as we're sitting in week 15 should win MVP of the National Football League last week was a bit of a down game compared compared to what we have been used to as the quarterback 14 against the Eagles, but he still had two touchdowns with zero INTs for over 270 passing yards. Against the Bills defense, I fully expect him to be back as a top three quarterback, which is something that we've came accustomed to with Dak Prescott this season. And, you know, there was a lot of remarks being slung at Dak Prescott, rightfully so, right last year about how he had an interception problem. He couldn't get rid of throwing interceptions, right? in the Sopranos. We see that Christopher Maltasante has that drug problem, right? Dak had a problem when it came to throwing interceptions, right? He loved nothing more than throwing interceptions last year. This year, though, he's went cold turkey off of interceptions, and man, oh man, am I excited for Dickie Dak Prescott against the Buffalo Bills, because this game really could be that hung, 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 super high-scoring matchup. Josh Allen going up against the Cowboys I get it. Not a great matchup, but ever since Ken Dorsey got fired, this Bills offense has turned into a wagon. Josh played well against the Chiefs in Kansas City, going 23 of 42 for 233 yards with 10 rushes for 32 yards and two total tugs with an INT. Now, this Dallas defense is too legit too legit to quit, but I still think that Allen should be a top five quarterback due to this being a high scoring affair. I don't think the Bills offense is just going to bend over and take it without the use of lube like the Eagles did last week. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars on because you waited all day for Sunday night. Lamar Jackson versus Trevor Lawrence. Lamar went crazy. Last week against the LA Rams, 24-43 for 316 yards with 11 rushes for 70 yards and three touchdowns with one INT as the quarterback one. If the Jaguars offense is able to push this into a higher scoring game, I am very excited for Lamar this week. He will be ranked as a top five quarterback for me, especially with the Jaguars offense or the Jaguars defense being not the best. Trevor Lawrence definitely did not look like himself last week. Anyone that was watching the game will tell you that. Now, when push came to shove right at the end of the game, like he was fine for fantasy. But if you watched, it was like, uh, 
That really does not look like Trevor Lawrence. I'm still shocked that he even played last week because of how serious that injury was that he suffered against the Jags. Like, now again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, but as just a casual, not a ca- I'm, I'm more than a casual football fan, but as someone that doesn't understand injuries the best, watching a guy go down in pain like that, it's like, oh, he's fucked. Now again, I don't root for injuries. I was hoping he'd get right back up and run like Tyreek did off the field, right? I was hoping he'd be okay. It looked bad, but... He came back last week, and maybe he should have waited, right? Now, the game ends up as close, but in reality, we all know, anyone that was watching the game, that this was a smackdown by the Cleveland Browns. Lawrence went 28-50 of for 257 yards and three touchdowns with three INTs. Against the Ravens' defense, I expect him to be at, back at the quarterback 10-14 to 14 range, but I'm not in love with Lawrence because I will still acknowledge that, hey, he's probably still going to be banged up. And the matchup isn't the best. Next up, we move to the Eagles at the Seahawks. The Battle of the Birds, as I've dubbed it this week on Monday Night Football. Now, Geno Smith missed last week against the 49ers, so Horsecock Drew Locke played as the starting quarterback. If Geno is good to go with his groin injury against the Eagles defense that looks like a complete and utter dumpster fire... I would put Geno in the fringe start range. His last game, he was the quarterback one in Jerry's world against the Cowboys. So the upside is certainly here for a good game. Again, assuming that he plays, but sitting here on Wednesday right now, that is far from a guarantee. Jalen Hurts did fuck all against Dallas last week in Dallas, 18 of 27 for 197 yards, five rushes for 30 yards, no touchdowns, no INTs. Obviously one game shouldn't make you worry about Jalen Hurts value, right? But I'm starting to worry about how the Eagles will perform in the playoffs because if your defense looks like that unless Jalen Hurts puts the team on his back door the explorer style I don't know how far that will make them go in the playoffs again maybe I'm overreacting sure Eagles fans will be pissed at me for that but that's just how I see things so thank you guys so much for watching if you didn't up enjoying make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below if you are new whether you are new to the channel or not make sure you guys leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy check out one of the videos pointed the wrong way check out one of the videos on your screen if you haven't watched them already love you guys all so much hope you have a great one as always good boy